Hey everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project with you. My special guest for today is Miss Earth USA, Brielle Simmons. I will just read out her bio before she says hello. Uh, as Miss, Miss Earth USA, Brielle uses her voice to promote women's empowerment whilst also advocating for the environment. She is a creative director and co-founder of a non-profit organization using her platform to ignite environmental change through education. Brielle currently attends an accredited university in New York, where she is majoring in legal studies with a focus in environmental law. She understands the importance of advocating for environmental regulations and environmental equality for all. She is excited to represent the United States at the Miss Earth pageant this fall. For those of us in uh, not in the States, that's autumn. And you can follow her on Instagram. You can see her um, Instagram handle there at so Brielle. Brielle, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Adrian. I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure. I did start, I, I, did, I was telling Brielle before that I was going to get her to um, explain her Instagram handle. So we might as well stay there, start there because I just mentioned it. So Brielle, is there actually any story behind your Instagram handle or was it just because Brielle was taken and Brielle Simmons was taken? That's actually the first time every, anybody has ever asked me that question, and there is a story behind it. So growing up in the United States, um, I'm sure it's probably a bit international too, we had Disney Channel, and I loved watching yeah. Disney Channel. <laughs> and one of my favorite shows growing up was That's So Raven. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, and it was starring Raven Simone. No? Okay, well, it's, it was a TV show on Disney channels called That's So Raven. And I believe I, I got this Instagram handle maybe when I was whew, really middle school. <laughs> and right, it was, yeah. I said, let me do like So Brielle, similar to That's So Raven. But yes, that's how, that's how I got the name So Brielle. <laughs> okay. I should check and see if Brielle Simmons is taken. Um, I'm not sure if it is, but it may be time for a change. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like Sue Brielle. It's more original. I, I, I'm going to bet that Brielle Simmons were, would be taken. But I was right. I, I, I figured it was because someone had said, or in this case, a Disney thing had said, it's so something. So does, any, yeah. does anyone ever say that? Do any of your friends ever go, oh, my God, that's so Brielle? Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> if I'll do something or if they see something that reminds me, I mean, that reminds them of me, then they'll say, oh, that's something Brielle would totally do. That's so Brielle. <laughs> yeah. When, well, I mean, we've obviously, we, we, when I was reading out the bio, there's a, a heavy focus on law. Um, and you're, you're not the first pageant girl that I've interviewed who's um, studying in the legal field. Um, normally when someone says it's so something, like it's so this person, it's so that person, it's more like almost like face palming, oh, that's so embarrassing. So when they say that's so Brielle, your friends say that, what does that actually mean? Because I can't imagine if you're starting to be a, a lawyer, it can't be like an embarrassing thing. Doesn't mean it's like a really wordy thing, a really nerdy thing. What does that so Brielle tend to mean? I think for them, it means different qualities, or if they see something that reminds me, that reminds them of me, then that's where they'll be like, oh, that's so Brielle. So for example, I love fashion. I love dressing up. And I have, 
I think I have a pretty unique style. So if they see like a fashion item online, they'll be like, oh, that's something that, that's so Brielle. <laughs> so I think it's something along the lines of that. Embarrassing though, I don't think so. <laughs> but you know, with my friends, we have like really good relationships. So if it's something that they want to tell me that reminds them of me, then by all means, they have no issue of doing that. <laughs> so you love fashion. So you're a horrible fit for the world of pageantry, obviously. Um, you said that you, you have a unique fashion sense. Describe this unique fashion sense a little more. For me, I really love, well, okay. Growing up, I always loved watching like the 90s supermodels. So Naomi mm. Campbell, Tyra Banks. Mm. I love watching all of the fashion shows. And through that, I was really able to see like the different outfits that the stylists and designers would put together. But something else that has really helped me develop my sense of fashion is thrifting, secondhand shopping. Mm -hmm. And not only did it help me develop my fashion sense, it's also good for the environment. It's very sustainable. And going back to my friends, <laughs> um, that's one of the activities that I love doing with my friends is thrift shopping. And I just saw my friend earlier today and she was wearing one of her one of the pieces that we got when we were thrifting. And I think something that they will say that's so Brielle is definitely thrift shopping because <laughs> I love secondhand shopping. It's really helped me develop my individual fashion sense. You like that um, when you snag a bargain, like when you go to the, because you never know when you go to a thrift store, second hand store, what you're going to see. And even if you find something you like, right. it might not be in the right size. So are you one of those people, I will say women, because it's normally women who, when they find that thing that they've been dreaming of, and it's like 90% off that you go slightly crazy? Well, I, I know how to, okay. <laughs> One of the things that I bought actually at a thrift store was a sewing machine. And I'm still trying to figure out how exactly, yeah, it was really nice. It's a vintage sewing machine. I'm still trying to figure out how exactly um, to use it, but I, I'm grateful that I do know how to sew by hand. So if it's something that I can alter, then I definitely do that. And yes, I love thrifting. It's always an adventure. That's another fun part about it as well. How vintage is a vintage sewing machine? Because um, one of my friends had a really, really old school one. It was actually built into a wooden desk. It must have weighed about 100 or 200 kilos. It was made of like cast iron. And there was a wheel at the end that you actually had to turn. You couldn't put, press your foot on a pedal with electricity. You physically had to turn this thing around to get the needle going up and down. So how vintage are we talking? I think probably... I would want to say around the 60s. I think it was probably created around the, like the 1960s or maybe even the 70s, but it's so beautiful. It's brown and it is, it's a cast iron as well. It's very heavy. And I saw it, yeah. I was like, I need, I need it. So I, I grabbed it, put it in the car. And it, I think it was maybe, I don't remember the, the exact price, but it was definitely discounted. And I'm very grateful for that because now I can pick up a new hobby. That's cool. So you haven't quite figured out how to use it yet, but you're you're on your way. I am on my way. I'm definitely working towards it. <laughs> yes, I've watched a couple of YouTube videos on how to get it working. And 
I do know how to start it. So that's good. I know how to put the thread in and the needle, it does like go down like a little bit. Yeah. So we've started and I just need to continue developing my skills when it comes to sewing. And I think we'll be, we'll be all right. Hopefully I'll be able to create some pieces, but it's definitely going to help for, for altering uh, the pieces that I buy at a thrift store. Well, I mean, we probably should talk about the pageant because you have a rather large one coming up. So, um, I mean, for the pageant, given that you're talking about sewing, is there any chance at all that there will be a self-made or perhaps self-altered outfit appearance at Miss Earth from yourself? Or is that is that asking too much at this stage? No, I don't think it's asking too much, but we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. I don't want to reveal anything <laughs> right now, but we shall see. We'll see. Because <laughs> I love okay. I love that. I love doing arts and crafts and especially when it comes to pieces of clothing. It's very it's very I believe it should be encouraged because it really celebrates your individuality. Absolutely. And it's obviously good for the yeah. environment. Um, Brio, let's yeah. start with an easy question that I normally start off with. How did you get involved in the crazy world of pageantry to begin with? Because as I understand, this is not your first pageant and it's neither is it your first experience with Miss, uh, with Miss Earth USA because you competed previously, I believe, as teen and came first runner-up. So how did you get involved in this crazy world to begin with? I'm going to go back to my childhood and I was actually, I was watching TV <laughs> when I was younger and then I saw a show about pageantry, about young girls participating or competing in pageants. And by this time, I was maybe around 12 or 13 and prior, I've always loved the stage. I love performing on stage. And I was watching this show for a really long time, maybe for about a couple months. And then I finally had the courage to approach my mom and ask her, I was like, can I, can I compete in the pageants? Can I do what they're doing on TV? <laughs> and thankfully I have a very supportive mom and who really just wants to see her daughter accomplish her dreams. And she said, yes, of course. And at that time, I think I was around 13 years old. I was in middle school. And I entered my first pageant and thankfully I won <laughs> my very oh. first pageant. Yes, yes, I won my very first pageant. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> it's like dreams do come true. <laughs> so yes, that's how I got involved in pageantry. But not only that, that wasn't like the main reason. Well, it played a, a large part on why I wanted to compete in pageants is watching the show. But after really doing a lot of research, I was able to learn that you can use your title to really bring awareness to issues that you find important as a title holder. And that's another reason. That's another thing that really attracted me to to pageantry and I've been with it ever since I'm now 21 years old and it's been a journey but I'm very grateful for the life lessons that pageantry has taught me what what part of pageantry really got you hooked I mean you mentioned obviously there's a chance to use your platform to have an advocacy so was it that particular part because I, I mean we've already talked about your fashion sense so one could completely understand if you love fashion you love pageantry for some people it's a chance obviously to travel the world for some for other people it's they love being on stage that gives them an adrenaline rush which particular parts really got you hooked mm. I 
I would say interview. Interview definitely really got me hooked into pageantry because I love being able to connect with people, especially through conversations and being able to connect with the judges and tell them your story, tell them about why you're so passionate about a project or your advocacy really, really got me and hooked into pageantry. Have you had any, um, I mean, obviously you're starting to become a lawyer and you're well-spoken and most people who go into law, I mean, I would imagine it's a requisite that you need to be well-spoken because otherwise you probably couldn't do a very good job in the courtroom. Did you take to interview naturally is what I want to ask, or did you find it? Because most normal people, the public speaking is a fear greater than death. And then there's a few oddballs like myself who actually love public speaking. So for yourself was interview, oh, yeah, I love talking, or did you have to get a little bit used to it? For me personally, I come from a family where we just love talking. <laughs> right. We really do okay. enjoy talking. Yes, yes. And actually, young when I was younger, really young, I was like a toddler, um, I had a speech impediment. And so I always wanted to communicate something, but I couldn't necessarily find the exact words to do it. And now, mm -hmm. as I'm older, just even looking back on that, and I'm very, very thankful that I now have the opportunity to use my voice to make a difference for things that I'm very, very passionate about. Wow. So you had to overcome a speech impediment and now here you are about to, I don't, where, when are you heading off to the Philippines? Um, and how are you feeling? It's not long to go now. It's not long at all. It's a couple of weeks. So the virtual, component of the pageant starts on the 24th of this month and that's in a couple of days and then i'm leaving to go to the philippines around november 11th november 12th and i'm very excited about competing um for the title of earth and i'm just very grateful for the opportunity and we don't have a long ways to go we have maybe a couple weeks and yes, I'm so excited. I'm excited to see all of the other contestants. I'm excited to see the beautiful Philippines. I've heard so many wonderful things about the islands and I'm just really excited. What part of it are you most looking forward to? And have you traveled much? I guess I should ask, have you ever been to the Philippines? Are you a well-traveled person? I mean, a lot of us haven't traveled since COVID. So um, have you ever been to the Philippines and have you traveled much? Well, this will be my first time going to the Philippines. So I've never been to the Philippines before. And I haven't traveled, I've traveled a lot within the United States of America, and I've also been to Canada. But really overseas, this will really be my first time. I was going to travel and study abroad in Europe, but because of COVID, I couldn't. And that's something that I really wanted to do. But now I have the opportunity to represent the United States in the Miss Earth competition in the Philippines. And that's such an honor to do. And this is definitely going to be the start of my traveling journey. <laughs> and I'm very excited to say that the Philippines will be the place that I start. And who knows where I'll go next. Hopefully I can travel. I, my goal is to go to every continent, including Antarctica. <laughs> So we shall see how far I get in my travel goals. <laughs> Good luck finding somewhere nice and warm to stay in Antarctica. I did hear, <laughs> uh, if, 
I did hear a trivia piece about Antarctica just the other day. Apparently, the largest desert in the world is in Antarctica. I thought it was going to be in wow. Australia or Africa, but apparently the largest desert in the world is, I guess, under the ice in Antarctica. So there's a little factoid for yourself. Um, yes, so that's you're... good to know because I did not know that. That's really good to know. Um, so you'll be heading over to the Philippines very, very soon. Um, Miss Earth USA, I'm sure you're aware of this. I don't need to tell you this. It obviously has a very good track record um, at the international competition. The last two of which I would say, unfortunately, they, they, they were virtual. I think everyone would have loved to have been there in person. And obviously in 2020, Lindsay won. Um, in 2021, Marissa came first runner-up. Um, so I'm curious just for yourself, obviously you've competed in pageants before. This is your first time um, representing the US uh, internationally, not nationally, internationally. Is there that, that sort of history of how the US has done? Do you see that, does that give you motivation? Do you feel pressure at all? How, how has that sort of affected your preparation? Well, for me as a title holder, I'm very honored to be a part of a legacy where you have Imani placing as Miss Earth Air in 2019, then you have Lindsay becoming Miss Earth, and then you also have Marissa um, becoming Miss Earth. Well, she's the current Miss Earth Air, and they've been very helpful with me, especially Marissa, and I'm just very grateful for their support. And for me, do I feel pressure? I I don't necessarily feel pressure, but I do know how important it is to continue the legacy. And that's something that I'm looking forward to while competing at Miss Earth. What do you think has helped the US Queens stand apart? I mean, I know Marissa very well. I featured her in a book. I've interviewed her several times. And I know, for example, that Marissa is incredibly hardworking, very, very boots on the ground. You'd never know it from seeing how glamorous she was in the videos, but you know, she runs We Clean Trails and literally picking up garbage. Um, so what, what have you learned um, from queens such as that? Or um, what, what, what do you think has helped them stand out at the international competition? Definitely their passion. And I think that I have that as well, their passion for the environment. Each of the title holders in the past years have been very, very passionate about protecting our environment and protecting the earth. And that's something that I see in myself as well. I'm very passionate. And through my nonprofit, I was able to start an environmental education program where I'm able to share this passion with students and teach them about our environment. Tell us a little bit more about that, because I did see the nonprofit organization in the bio that you sent me. Um, and I think that's a really, really important part of pageantry is the work that goes on behind the scenes. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't get to see as much of that as we probably should. So tell us more about your nonprofit. Yes, so I developed a nonprofit organization that seeks to combat homelessness and poverty uh, throughout the United States. And Actually, the environmental education program came about when we were really in quarantine. And I was thinking, I was like a lot, because I most of my classes had switched, no, all of my classes had switched to 
being virtual, everything was online. So learning switched to being virtual. And I was thinking, I was like, many children aren't having access to education right now. So I did a lot of research and unfortunately the COVID-19 pandemic propelled learning into virtual into a virtual setting where many children didn't have access to education, mm. especially children who are experiencing homelessness or who are part mm. of the unhoused community. And I wanted to develop an environmental education curriculum that will give them access to education, access to adequate education, because that's something that I think every child should have to do. Absolutely. Um, let me ask you this, as a lawyer, I'd be interested to know your take on this. So we talk a lot about environmental change through personal responsibility, litigation, whichever one is your mode. Uh, there is a lot of blowback fr um, from people who say that, for example, buying an electric car or buying organic produce, that's all well and good if you can afford it. But for example, people such as homeless people, it can hit them the hardest. The environmental change that we're seeking to make and need to make, it disproportionately in some way affects poorer people or homeless people. So where do you see the balance with that? So obviously we want to make the environmental change but we need to also make sure surely that it doesn't disproportionately affect those who are already really, really struggling. Yes, so I definitely think our legislators have a huge part or have a huge role to play when it comes to that. I really think that we should push legislation that promotes environmental equity across all of the platform so across so no matter what your socioeconomic background is how much money you make everybody should still have access to clean water clean air and affordable housing as well and then i also think too um what you're saying or along the lines of having access to really having access to nutrition <laughs> that plays a huge part in it too that actually affects the environment and I definitely think corporations have a part to play in that as well. And when we create initiatives that really strive to, I guess, solve some of the issues that these communities are facing, we should really incorporate that, especially into like our government. And that's something that I wanna do as Ms. Earth. I really want to use my environmental education program and talk to different people, talk to different organizations, talk to our legislators and really see if there is a way that we can not only incorporate this in, in schools, but also see if it can be incorporated into our legislation so that everyone can have equal access to environmental resources. If there's a young man or woman watching this and they're inspired by your journey and they want to help make a change for the better for the environment. But they are somewhat frustrated because they go, I'm just one person. You know, you've got China doing whatever, putting a lot of pollution to the air or a large company like an Amazon or something like that, or a McDonald's. What can I do? I'm one person, I'm 16, I'm 18, whatever it is. And, you know, nothing I can do would actually make a difference. So what's the best thing, most impactful thing that someone like that could do? Is it talking to legislators? Is it trying to start a movement? What would you suggest for someone in that position? I would, well, first I would want to acknowledge their passion for that. I think that's great. 
And I don't think that's something where they should feel discouraged. I actually think they should use their motivation to encourage other people to get involved because that's something too. When you see somebody who's so passionate about the environment, you're going to want to become very involved as well. You're going to want to become inspired, you're going to become inspired. So I do think that's important for them to really tap into their motivation. And I also think they should like research, research what's out there because the environment is connected to every single thing on this planet, especially nowadays, environmental legislation is very important and it's becoming more so now on the forefront of environmental change. And I think that's important as well. So I would tell them to start research what do they like because there's a 99% chance that is correlated to the environment or there's some correlation to the environment and for me personally I can tell my story on that's how I really was able to develop my nonprofit organization because during the time I saw a lot of people within my community experiencing homelessness they were unhoused and I wanted to help them but I just didn't I didn't have the resources to I didn't know what to do but through yeah. research, I was able to find a correlation between poverty and homelessness and the environment. And I was able to use my voice to really go after and really fight for environmental change. If I was able, as a genie, for example, to, to grant you one wish and your wish was to enact, let's say, one piece of legislation, what one piece of legislation would you just like to, you know, click your fingers and go, it's enacted. <laughs> well, I have a lot of things that are popping up in my mind when it comes to environmental legislation. But if I can just say one thing right now, it would have to be the fashion and sustainability. So in New York, in New York State, there was an act called the Fashion and Sustainability Act, and it really was urging for companies to be more transparent when it comes to, well, fashion companies to be more transparent when it comes to their production of their clothing. And I definitely do think that could be very beneficial when it comes to reducing fast fashion. And that's something that I would love to see enacted within the, couple, within the coming years, our legislation. I have more, but I'm gonna stop at that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm sure there are many, happen. many, I'm sure there are many, many different pieces you could add to that. Um, oh, when yes. it comes to legislation <laughs> and fast fashion, one of the things that I know I talked about um, with last year's Miss Earth contestants was greenwashing, uh, where um, fast fashion companies or fashion companies, they say they're doing all the right things. And then you look behind the scenes and they're really not. And some of them were not just abusing the environment. They were abusing the very workers that they purported to right. take care of, you know, underpaying them or not paying them. Can legislation help with something like that? Can it help hold these companies accountable to the point where they finally don't just have to talk a good game, but they actually have to walk a good game as well? Yes, I do think legislation really, really can help with that. And that's why I want to see the New York Fashion Sustainability Act enacted because it requires companies to to really publish their reports so that consumers like you and I can go on their websites and see, is this something that I really want to put my money in? Like, do I really want to support a production that is using, you know, certain polluters? 
to create the clothes that I'm wearing. And I do think that would help because I feel like companies would now have more, they would feel as if they have more of a responsibility to really go and create change in, within their companies when it comes to their production. Were you in New York? Um, were you living in New York throughout the pandemic? Oh, that's a great question. So I actually attend school in New York, but during mm -hmm. the pandemic, I went back to the Washington DC area to stay with family. And that's where I really was during that time. But I am back in New York right now. <laughs> I'm kind of everywhere. So I, at, when I competed at Miss Earth USA, I represented the state of Connecticut because I do have mm -hmm. family in Connecticut and I was spending time in Connecticut as well. But right now I'm in New York City and I'm, a, I'm finishing up my degree. So that's very exciting. <laughs> and yes, but I was born and raised in the Washington, D.C. area. I, the, the only reason I ask is I wanted to, I mean, we've mentioned COVID a little bit before and then how it forced all the education to go virtual. Um, how challenging was it for you, the, the COVID pandemic? Obviously, New York was extraordinarily hard hit. Um, and then I think a lot of people such as yourself, that younger generation who were just either finishing high school or just going into college, you guys went through a very difficult situation where it's supposed to be a transitional period in life but the whole world came to a stop and suddenly you maybe had these ideas as to what was going to happen and then it was completely zoom and virtual so how challenging was the pandemic for yourself on a personal level for me personally i think when it came to education it was I'm grateful that I was able to still continue my education because I had the resources to. But honestly, when I was creating my a part of my nonprofit organization, that the pandemic really, really, really um, was very, it really hurt that part of my organization. I'm not going to mm -hmm. lie. And I think that was a bit disheartening too when I was trying to paperwork that I needed. And unfortunately, they couldn't do it because people were at home and they didn't have the resources that they needed to. And I was yeah. a bit disheartened because I said to myself, well, I know I really want to provide resources to communities, but I know in order to do that, I have to have this certain paperwork submitted and returned back to me. And that was that was really that was stressful for me. <laughs> but as far as also too, just seeing everybody shift into the setting and still wanting to help people and really discover that digital divide for communities and seeing children really suffer because they didn't have the resources or access to or internet access to to obtain their education was very, very disheartening for me. And that's why I really wanted to develop a program that allows them to have access to education because not having access to education or seeing your classmates log in to class when you can't log into class because you don't have the access to not only it doesn't not not only it doesn't hurt your not only does it hurt your education but it also lowers your self-esteem and your confidence yeah so that's why it was very important to me to really develop that program and just seeing that really really motivated me to do that 
I think it's also only for the older people watching if they go oh if I didn't have a phone I didn't have social media you know it's not such a huge problem but I also think to your point if you're a young person and you see your friend with the latest iPhone and they're on Instagram TikTok doing all this fun crazy stuff and they they have we have conversations on social media and if you're not part of that conversation because you can't afford a phone or you don't have internet access you really do feel ostracized um and singled out in a very bad way it's almost would you say it's embarrassing to to not have access to that i think for the older generation watching they might not quite comprehend that but for a younger person not having access to that it really is damaging to a young person's self esteem yes i do think that they may feel embarrassed but i would tell them that you can't help your socioeconomic situation as a young child but i do think that when it comes to legislators they really do have a an important part to play in that because i think every child should at least have the resources to access education yeah. and i think that's very important when we when, yes yeah i think that's very important when we talk about education because not only do we have it but it's important that students and children have access to it. That's something that I really, really am passionate about is giving students and children access to adequate education. So when you head over to the Philippines and you're representing your country, is that what you'd like to be remembered for? So mm -hmm. someone is remembering Braille Simmons at Miss Earth, um, as Miss Earth USA, how would you like them or what would you like to be remembered for i mean it sounds terrible it sounds like we're writing an epitaph or a eulogy but for the pageant fans watching what would you most like to be remembered for hopefully i i will be remembered for inspiring people to really pursue their dreams and to really stand strong in their faith. Because for me and my journey with the Miss Earth USA system, I competed as a teen in 2019 and I in the teen division and I placed first runner up. And at first I was a little bit sad because I was like, oh, I really wanted to win. <laughs> I really wanted to be teen Miss Earth USA. That was my goal for that year. And I worked really, really hard for that. But I knew I wanted to come back to the organization and compete as a Miss. And mm -hmm. the opportunity to compete at the Miss Earth USA pageant. And I was like, this, this is my time. I'm going to go back and compete. And when I was competing in nationals, I felt very, very confident. And I was cool, calm, and collected, <laughs> especially. And I think that's probably a lesson that I had to learn. And thankfully now I am Miss Earth USA. So you never know the plans that God has for you. And I think that's important too, is people have a goal and if you set a goal for yourself, keep going towards that goal because you never know where it may take you. And now I'm, I'm having just a lot of opportunities to talk to people about my platform and to talk to people about my nonprofit organization. And that's something that I think I would like to be remembered for during my reign is to always go after your dreams and if you set your mind on something achieve it because you can't achieve now mm -hmm. the path you get there like you may not know how you're going to get there but it is very possible so don't think it's not possible the faith keeping the faith is a huge part of that it's like keep your eyes focused on the goal but be flexible 
let's say, with your approach, because, for example, COVID, the pandemic threw a lot of our plans under the bus. Um, so I absolutely yeah. take your point. Stay focused on the goals, but um, got to keep the faith. Uh, just before we head to the final 10 questions, Braille, um, what do you do outside of pageants probably not much at the moment but who is brielle outside of pageants what do you do to relax to de-stress or just to have some fun give us an idea as to to what your hobbies are me personally i love spending time in nature <laughs> i don't have a lot of time to do that especially right now but between school and my nonprofit preparing for miss earth there i'm very busy but I love spending time in nature. I love spending time with my loved ones, with my family and my friends, but definitely spending time in nature. And that really came from my grandparents, especially my granddad. He really taught me how to nurture the land and how to really care for it. That's something that I'm very, very grateful for. And ever since then, since my upbringing, I've been able to continue that. And as well as my faith, I know we talked about this really, or I mentioned it briefly, but staying grounded in my faith and having a relationship with God really, really motivates me every single day. <laughs> I have um, scripture cards and I have affirmation cards and just starting each day with gratitude really helps me. And that's something that I want to maybe help people to really understand is to, it's okay to take moments for yourself. It's okay to prioritize your mental health so that you can continue throughout your day. Absolutely. It, it's interesting to me that you mentioned that just because this year I took it on myself for the first time to read the Bible. Um, so I've been following a Bible reading plan um, you read a, a few verses yeah. every every day, um, so it's up to day 200 and something now. I finally got to the New Testament. Um, I'm just reading part the part, past the part where John the Baptizer was killed, had his head chopped off, poor oh. guy. Um, but the, the Bible journey for myself was not what I expected at all. The Old Testament, it's pretty scary in some parts. God is properly angry. Um, but I, I, I'm... I'm not going to make a form an opinion until I get to the end, but I am glad I got to the New Testament and seeing Jesus do his thing. If I if I can say it, that's a horrible phrase to to, to apply to Jesus, but um, faith is uh, if you have it, it, it's an incredible, incredibly important facet of your life. Um, so to each their own, they have to find something to believe in. Yeah. We, we all have to find something to believe in, don't we? Yes, I definitely think you're probably going to like the New Testament a lot because it does talk about um, Jesus' journey. And I think you're definitely going to like that a lot. And for me too, when it comes to faith, it's really knowing that no matter where I go, I'm protected by God. That's really how I view it. And just having that divine protection and favor really, really it can, it really helps me and really motivates me to continue throughout my day to continue going through each day. And that's something that if I didn't have that, I don't know where I would be. Honestly, <laughs> that's something that I really, really keep forth. And like you were saying, it's important to really have faith because if you don't have faith, then it's, it's difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to talk more about the Bible with you, but we'll, we'll move move towards the end because I know it's not everyone's <laughs> cup of tea. 
we can talk about it yeah. afterwards. Um, yeah, but we are just before we get to the <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you can see my my coffee mug literally here. It's Bible latte on it. So <laughs> we can oh. have a conversation oh, afterwards. Um, <laughs> But just before we get to the final 10, Brielle, is there anyone that you'd like to give a shout out to for supporting you along your journey, pageantry and otherwise? Oh, yes. I'd love to get a give a shout out to my family and my friends for being very, very supportive. And I also love to give a shout out to my pageant supporters. I see you all commenting and I try to respond to every single comment. Your support means so much to me and I'm very grateful for that. And on that note, if you want to follow Brielle, you can see there on Instagram. That's where we begun this conversation with her Instagram handle, Sue Brielle or So Brielle, and also the at Miss Earth USA and then obviously at Miss Earth coming up. Okay. Well, Brielle, the final 10 questions. This is as pageantesque as we're going to go. Completely random questions. So, number one, what is your favorite word? My favorite word is definitely peace. <laughs> That's my favorite word because I think peace is so important to have in your life. And if you don't have peace, how can you focus on anything? <laughs> so I think peace is my favorite word. Question two, what is your least favorite word? Can't. <laughs> C-A-N apostrophe T. And I learned that actually through dance. I'm a, well, I used to dance a lot, especially when I was in high school. And my dance instructor, she would say, you can say any word you want in a classroom, but you can't say can't. Because when you believe that you can't do something, you're going to think that really can't do it and it's going to manifest itself so i do think it's important to always stay positive so just drop the apostrophe t and say that you can do it and you're going to do it i think that's a thing that all us i used to coach tennis that's a thing that all us coaches or teachers at some point have said you you, you can't you can't say that word um and uh i was talking to someone actually miss earth cuba uh shayla I was telling her that uh, I think one of her teachers said that every time you say that word, the coach would literally make them run laps or something like that. And it didn't take very long before they learned to drop that word from their vocabulary completely. But uh, it's an important point. I just think a lot of teachers and coaches yes. like to uh, really hit that one home. Uh, question three, in life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? Oh, what gets me excited? I love seeing people being passionate about, about their advocacy and doing things, especially that they're passionate about. I love seeing people be motivated. And I think that's something that's very important. So for me, I love being motivated. Well, the environment really motivates me. And that's something that I love seeing within myself. And I love seeing that in others as well. And question four, what turns you off? When people are mean, especially when people are mean to each other for like no reason, that's really heartbreaking for me. I really do want people to be able to accept 
people for who they are. And when I see people who are being bullied, it's really disheartening for me. And I'm usually the type of person to say something, <laughs> especially in high school. Unfortunately, when I would see girls being bullied, um, or even now, if I see a situation that's really not fair to someone, I have no issue of advocating for that person. Probably why I want to become a lawyer. You see how it's all connected here? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. so, yes, that's something that I really don't like seeing. Question five, what sound or noise do you love? Hmm. I love the sound of a blender. <laughs> I, I love the sound of when, you know, like the blender's like, I love that sound <laughs> because I love making smoothies. And recently I've been making a lot of protein smoothies and mm -hmm. I'm, I always feel very very accomplished whenever I'm making my smoothie and I hear the sound of the blender <laughs> doing that. So <laughs> that's something that I love hearing. I'm like, okay, I'm making my smoothie. And that's just a pick me up, honestly, throughout the day. I love smoothies. I love ices. I love cold drinks. <laughs> I love drinking cold drinks. And yes, yes, that's, I love that sound. It's like, <laughs> A lot of people don't like it, but I do. I like it. So. I, I think it might depend on what time in the morning you're, you're hearing that sound. Like if it's at three in the morning, maybe it's not my favorite sound. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge, a huge smoothie fanatic as well. So I do. I do take your point. Uh, question six. What sound or noise do you hate? think of one right now I don't really think I I don't really hate a lot of things I was taught from a young age not to hate anything to always find a beauty or appreciate something but yeah I don't think there's a sound that I really really truly hate um yeah but I I know for a fact that I don't like a couple of sounds I really don't like the sound of things being wasted. So like plastic hitting the ground. I don't like that. If I see somebody littering um, purposefully, it's something that is a bit disheartening. If I see like a plastic bottle, like hitting the ground or that sound would bother me. But there's not a sound that I really, really hate, but it is a sound that I, there are sounds that I do think are um, unfortunate. And <laughs> that's one. Perfect. Uh, question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? I would love the ability to be able to fly all across the world. And I would love to be able to visit different communities and talk to different people on the importance of maintaining our environment. And not only that, I will also love to be able to talk to them and see what tips that they're, or to see if they can offer me any tips on how they like to preserve the environment especially mm. indigenous communities they like all across the world especially here within the united states and also indigenous communities in africa they've been really having a lot of the same practices and for for generations that they've been doing and not only are these practices important in the, for their culture, but it's also important too for the environment. So I would love to be able to travel all across the world, 
I being able to fly all across the world <laughs> and having talks with different communities about the environment and sustainability. Perfect. Uh, question eight, what job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? Say that again. I'm sorry, the last part. What job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? I think I would really, really like to become a host one day. I think that'll be really, really fun, a really fun job. And that's something that I would like to do. I would love to be able to be a host and really have different guests from all different backgrounds really talk about their experiences. So I would love to do that. Who knows? Maybe it will happen one day. <laughs> well, I will tell you, it's a lot easier in this day and age than it was 10, 20 years ago. So if you want to give it a good go, it's certainly within your, within your reach. Uh, question nine, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? I just don't want to be in a position where I feel as if I have to really, really do a job that I'm just not happy in. I definitely do think that I can, I, I like to consider myself a jack of all trades because I, I always have my hands in something and there's a, I have a lot of interests. So I, but I just don't want to be in a job where I just don't feel confident and I don't feel as if I'm truly not making a difference. Then I think me personally, I wouldn't want to be in that position. Absolutely. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? There's actually a scripture for this, <laughs> but I would love to hear God say, well done, my mighty and faithful servant. And just being able to hear those words, I would just really just love that. I'd be like, okay, everything was worth it. <laughs> like everything in this life was worth it. So that's, those are, those are the words I would want to hear God say, well done, my mighty and faithful servant. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, Brielle, that's about it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Adrian, for having me on the pageant project. I had so much fun talking with you and I hope you all enjoyed watching. Absolutely. Or listening, if you're listening back on the replay on the podcast. So Brielle, as I said, I'll keep you on the line for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience. So thanks to everyone, as Brielle said, for watching or listening, and we will speak to you next time. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident and impactful queen possible, head to thepageantsorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video.